you from the Sherpa Chalet on downtown beautiful Mount Podcastia. This is a special episode of Too Many Podcasts. I'm Jim, the podcast Sherpa, and today I get to interview people from the entertainment industry. So make sure you've got a nice aisle seat, enough popcorn, and a cold drink, because we're heading over to the Sherpa Screening Room. Hey there, all you rebels of the Sherpa Lucian. Welcome to the premiere of the Sherpa Screening Room. Now, I'm sure that some of you who've been followers of too many podcasts from the beginning are probably wondering, wait a minute, what's going on here? Isn't this the podcast about podcasts? Of course it is, and it still will be. But every once in a while, we will be having episodes like this, where I get to talk to people from the entertainment industry about movies, TV, acting, whatever else might fall under that umbrella, and so much more. And I hope that you'll still stick around and enjoy it. Remember, to me, podcasting is all about good stories. And you know that you can always find good stories from someone in the entertainment industry. Trust me, I've got a whole bunch of entertainment interviews under my belt right now. And you will be hearing them in coming months ahead, along with your regular episodes of Too Many Podcasts, where I get to talk to podcasters about their shows. So don't worry, nothing's changed. It's just expanding. So viva la Sherpolution, and I hope that you enjoy it. Now, someone who's got plenty of stories to tell would be my first guest, Barry Papik. Barry was a great guy to talk to this week, and we put his episode up first because he's making an appearance at an autograph fair out in California. So all my rebels who are out there on the West Coast, if you want to go shake his hand and have a word with him, he will be there. And there's more information when we talk to him in the interview. Barry is an actor that you may have recognized in some movies, and he's also been a writer and a director and an acting coach. And I found it great that after he was trained by some of the greatest acting coaches in the United States, he is now training other people as well. And even while he's doing all of that, he has his own podcast, and it's called The Inside Noise. So check it out, and check out his website, barrypapik.com. Now, before we get on to our interview, as usual, today's podcast is being brought to you by Audible, where you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Sherpa. And there's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Let's head on down to the interview. Hey Rebels, welcome to the Sherpa Screening Room. And I am here with Mr. Barry Papik. This guy very is... very exciting. Thank you for being here. I'm very excited to be here. He is a very busy man. Not only is he an actor, he also does voiceover work, he does theater work, he's worked in TV, and he's also an acting coach as well. And we're going to cover a lot of that in our talk today. So, Barry, take me from the beginning. That sounds fantastic. Um, I went to college in Washington, D.C., and I, I got a degree in English and political science, and I moved back to New York and decided that what I really wanted to do was become an actor. And uh, I was really lucky. Uh, I met a gentleman named Lee Strasberg, um, who was my mentor and the greatest acting coach in the world. And Lee sort of took me under his wing, and I became an actor. Um, and in, I was in a very fervent time in New York City, so I was able to study with Uta Hagen uh, for years, who, who I really loved, and uh, Stella Adler. Uh, but always continuing with Lee Strasberg and... Uh, I was just really lucky. I was in the right time in the right place. So what was it that you first saw? Was there a special movie or a television program that when you just kind of looked at the screen and said, yep, this is what I'm going to do? 
Well, you know, I think it was Marlon Brando. You know, um, I, I always enjoyed watching Brando's work, you know, watching Al Pacino in, in, in The Godfather, um, you know, things like that, that I said, you know, I, this is the one way that I can communicate and maybe maybe just change the world a little bit. And I, I know that sounds huge, but really what I wanted to do was make my statement. And uh, I, I thought by acting, it, 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 it was the one way I could make my statement. And you started cutting your teeth in the theater first. I did. I, I, I did a lot of theater uh, back in New York, 40 plays actually, and uh, even directed a bunch of plays in New York. Um, and like I said, I, I was really lucky that I was studying at the Lee Strasberg Theater Institute. Uh, so at the time, I was doing some plays there also, uh, and, um, you know, also at the Actors Studio. Uh, I did Lower Depths at the Actors Studio, and uh, at the time, Paul Newman was the president, and Al Pacino was the artistic director. So uh, it put me in front of people who were influential and uh, and also, uh, you know, whose people, uh, you know, people whose work I, I, I really respected. And then did you kind of branch out into TV or to movies from that point? Or what, what were you doing I, first? The, the first, the, it's a great question. The first thing I did was a television show called Rescue 911. And it happens I was doing a play at the same time. So it, it was really crazy. Uh, but I, I got Rescue 911. Um, I went up to uh, Newington. Uh, Connecticut and shot it. Um, I, I was a hostage, and my my um, uh, I I, uh, I took my brother's hostage, my two brothers' hostage, and I shot them. Actually, didn't kill them, but shot them. And uh, I, you know, did this rescue nine one one, and it opened other doors for me. Um, then I got a TV show called Swan's Crossing, and it was me and um, Maris, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller and Mira Savino and uh, Brittany Daniels, and we did 65 episodes, uh, of which I, I was in 60 of them. Uh, so uh, basically, I, you know, I, I cut my teeth on television, um, and, and then I started into movies. I did private parts with Howard Stern, um, and uh, then I moved out to Los Angeles and, and continued working um, a, a lot in television. I did all the episodics. And uh, a lot in film. I, you know, did a movie called Simone with Al Pacino and Finding Forrester, directed by Gus Van Zandt. You know, it's funny. I'm hearing a recurring theme, you know, as you're telling me all your different parts that you've played. You really, I think, have a lesson right there for a lot of aspiring actors about surrounding yourself with the right people. I was really lucky in that way, you know, um, because when I was young, um, you know, New York was a very fervent, exciting place. And, uh, you know, I was able to surround myself, you know, with Lee Strasberg, uh, you know, and, and Lee, Lee's uh, students were Al Pacino and De Niro and, and Brando. And Lee was the, the artistic director at, at the Actors Studio. So um, I was really lucky that when I was young, um, I, I was able to surround myself with some great, great actors, um, you know, I which was both exciting for me and, and you know, they, like, you know, it's just like sports. Uh, you know, the better people you surround yourself with, the better you'll end up. Maybe some people have asked you this before. When you're going in to be schooled as an actor and you're mastering your craft, and then all of a sudden you're working with the people that you looked up to, How, what, what is your mindset when you, when, I mean, you had a scene with Al Pacino in the movie Simone. Yeah, actually, all my scenes in Simone were out, were, were out, 
and you know it was it was great um you know because al and i came from the same school we spoke the same language so uh when i was working with him although i, I you know i knew he was just an incredible talent um it was also you know pretty exciting and pretty comfortable and al has a way of making people comfortable and uh i'll tell you a little story uh, the first scene we did in Simone, uh, Al uh, forgot his lines the first three takes. So by the time we got to the fourth take, there was all, all the pressure was off me because, you know, uh, all we had to do was the scene. It, it didn't make a difference if I forgot it. It didn't make a difference if I made a mistake because Al had already done that. And you said that he, he was a bit of a softball player too. Uh, um, uh, he was. Uh, he decided uh, that he wanted to play um, – you know, to form a, a Simone softball team. So uh, for two months, uh, we played every Sunday against the guys from uh, Just Shoot Me. Uh, so David Spade and uh, all of those guys. And uh, it was a blast. And Al played second base for us. And uh, we had a lot of fun. And he even got us uniforms. You know, it, it's one of his favorite things to do. And it was really funny because I, I had just come off of a film uh, working with Sean Connery. And Sean... I love Sean. He's an incredible guy. But, you know, Sean, you always know you're around a movie star when you're around Sean. But with Al, it's, you're always just around a guy. And Al is just a regular guy. And um, we always had a lot of fun. I, I just saw him a couple weeks ago. Uh, we, were at a, um, we were at a memorial uh, for an old theater writer who was just a great guy, John Ford Noonan. And I had done a couple of John's plays uh, way back in the day. And uh, I went to this memorial. There's only about 30 people there. And, and Al was one of the people that were there. And he, he got up and he did a, uh, a poem. He, he read a poem. And it was really amazing. And he, he's, really, uh, he, he's really a down-to-earth, really good guy. You know, I wanted to go over some of the appearances that you have made, you know, if I can just kind of run down a little bit of a list. And, you know, maybe if you've got some stories, if you want to share. Love to. You said Rescue 911. That was William Shatner, right? William Shatner, although we never met Shatner. The funny thing about doing Rescue 911 is they try to use as many of the real people as they possibly can. So they used the real SWAT team, and these guys kept on throwing these handcuffs on me. My wrists were black and blue. Um, and I kept on telling them, I'm only an actor. I'm not really the guy you're, you're arresting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so for like four days, uh, these guys were beating the hell out of me. Welcome to television, right? Exactly. And you did other police dramas. You were in NYPD Blue, and you were also in uh, Without a Trace. Yeah, you know, uh, both of those were fantastic. Uh, NYPD Blue was great because Dennis Franz is one of the nicest guys in the world. And uh, I remember I was in makeup with Denny at uh, 7 in the morning. And, you know, he was just, you know, he's the big star. And, you know, he was just the nicest guy. You know, really nice guy. And uh, the same thing with Without a Trace. You know, we, I was on the last season, and everybody was pretty much bored of the show at that point, but they, they were real respectable. Um, and uh, I had this big monologue in, in the middle of 30 extras, and uh, they were great to me. Uh, the, the director was really great to me, and uh, it, it, was, it was a really good working experience. I, I enjoyed doing Without a Trace. And, and we shot on the Warner Brothers lot, so it was just nice and easy. You were also in 
Private Parts with Howard Stern. Now he was real. That was really yeah. his big motion picture debut as well. It was, and it was his only his only motion picture. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did four months on that movie. Uh, so uh, basically, um, it, it's it, it's interesting because he has such a huge following. It's probably what I get recognized for the most. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of times I'll be walking down the street and people will ask me, you know, if I was the guy from Private Parts. Um, it was it was it was a blast to do, and uh, you know, we we had a lot of fun. Betty Thomas directed that. Ivan Reitman produced it, and and Ivan originally Ivan hired me for a, a two week part, and then he ended up stretching it out to four months, and uh, it, I just had a lot of fun shooting that. It was great. And you also got to play a lead in the movie Hotel Room. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know, Hotel Room is one of those uh, beautiful independent films. And, you know, I've done um, a lot of studio films, you know, these $40, $50 million films, you know, Private Parts, uh, Finding Forrester. But the nice thing about Hotel Room was it was one of these $500,000 films, and it's been in more... Um, festivals than any other film. We were in Rotterdam. We were in Barcelona. And uh, I play um, a weatherman who uh, is a drag queen, and he gets outed on hard copy. So he comes back to the hotel room where he was born to commit suicide. And um, it's just this really nice, small film. And it was a lot of fun to shoot. And um, Seth Gay, who is a a huge uh, director now, uh, in um, Spain, what was the director of our film? What did you do with all the dresses when you were done with the? Oh, unfortunately, they were mine. But uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> there, there's there, there's not a lot you could do with uh, dresses my size. Believe me, uh, and, you know, and shoes my size, high heels my size were unbelievable. Um, you know, the 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 thing that I found, and obviously I had never been in drag before, but the things that I found were like I hated lipstick on my lips, and I hated wearing high heels because I couldn't walk in them. And you also were a lead in Faces on Mars? I, I was, uh, with a director named Jane Spencer, who I ended up uh, doing three other films with, and, and I love Jane. And uh, Faces on Mars was a blast. Um, my first the, my first feature I ever did was a movie called Little Noises uh, with Crispin Glover. It was also uh, directed by Jane Spencer. So, uh, you know, we, we've had a nice relationship over the years and done a lot of work together over the years. You were an, an on-set acting coach in the I movie Finding, Finding Forrester and, and also some Adam Sandler movies. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, well, not an Adam Sandler movie, but an Adam Sandler television show. Oh, okay. Uh, we, yeah, which was a blast. And uh, working with Adam was great. Um, it was called the Dana and Julia show. I think it was ahead of its time because it was somewhat filthy. Uh, but uh, in these days, it could have been shown on cable. But back then, on network, it just was, you know, it was a little ahead of its time. But Kevin Nealon was in it. Uh, some really great people. And uh, Dana and Julia um, are just really funny and fantastic. You know, when you're an on-set acting coach, what, what exactly is your role there? I always think of it as, as secondary directing. Uh, because what I do is, whereas the director will, will direct the shots, uh, I direct the actors. And I, I work with them on intention, um, you know, where they're coming from. And, uh, you know, I, I've been the on-set coach uh, for a movie called Labor Pains, The Express, uh, Finding Forrester, among many others. And, uh, you know, what I do is 
um, I, I basically just work with the actors and say, you know, look at it from this point of view. And uh, it's always, uh, it, you know, it's always exciting. Um, it, it's just a, a way to, um, to really make the actor's uh, performance uh, a little bit fuller and a little bit truer. Were there ever times that you were working maybe on a project and you almost wanted to kind of jump into the movie? Um, a lot of times. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and there were times that I had. You know, um, I, I'm in labor pains, and I was also the acting coach on labor pains. Um, I'm in Finding Forrester, although uh, they cut me out mostly, uh, but you can still hear me in Finding Forrester. And um, the only movie that, I, you know, I, I was uh, the acting coach on that I didn't act in uh, was a movie called uh, The Express, which is the Ernie Davis story. And um, I had the opportunity, but it just never it just never seemed like the right time, so I didn't do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... I you know, being an actor at heart and an actor first, it's always my thought. You know, um, you know, should I should I step into this movie? Can I do this part? And uh, most directors that I've worked with have given me that that opportunity. And you know, and it's really great because every director has a different personality. So uh, as you're the acting coach, uh, you're on set and you feel out what you know what you can do and what you can't do. Like, you know, when I'm on set with Gus Van Zandt, it's, it's great because he gives me uh, carte blanche on the set and I can go and talk to uh, the actors, F. Murray Abraham and, uh, you know, Sean Connery, we, Buster Rhymes. We, we had an incredible cast, Anna Paquin. We had three Academy Award winners. Uh, on the Express, you know, I did everything through the director. I'd say, okay, um, I, I'd like to make an adjustment here, and the director said, "Go ahead." And, you know, uh, so it, it was different, but it was it was really great. Now, having worked with a lot of experienced veteran actors and probably a lot of newcomers as well, what would be your advice to maybe someone who wanted to get into the entertainment business if they wanted to get into films or TV? Well, I, I think the first thing is to study. You know, um, it, it's just like anything else. When, when you're a, a lawyer. You know, you go to years and years of school. When you're a doctor, you go to years and years of school. And I, I think it's foolish to think that you can be an actor and, and not really study and, and do the work. So I think that, it, you know, nothing, nothing comes naturally. Uh, everything is about, you know, uh, taking yourself as an artist and making yourself better. And I think that's what classes are all about. Yeah, and I think... Especially in a lot of today's movies and stuff, uh, maybe actually in Bubble in the era that we grew up in, you really had a lot of actors and actresses that really had that talent. They had that something. It wasn't. They weren't just a pretty face. I agree. I agree. And you know what happens is if they don't nurture that talent, they become one-hit wonders. You know, um, they they don't. Uh, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't grow as artists. And you see, guys, you know, I always say, you know, you look at Tom Cruise, and, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a reason that Tom Cruise makes more money than anybody else uh, in Hollywood, and it's because he works harder than anybody else in, in Hollywood. You know, um, I know his acting coach, uh, you know, she's a good friend of mine, and, uh, you know, he's, he's always on set, you know, two months before anybody else, and he's always working harder than anybody else. I've coached some of the biggest people in Hollywood. You know, I worked with uh, Jamie Foxx on Ray. I worked with Dennis Quaid on The Express. Um, you know, uh, Alec Baldwin. Um, you know, so the the thing is that uh, everybody wants that third opinion. Everybody wants that third eye. So, uh, you know, the challenge 
is to know who you're working with and, and know how to present it to them. Sure, and I guess you definitely have to build up a lot of trust between the two of you. They've got to have faith in you as you do in them. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, once you have that faith, and you know, I think every actor really, you know, nobody minds the suggestions. So you just have to know how to go in. I mean, when I was working with Sean Connery, it was it was fantastic because, you know, Sean is just such a smart guy, and and he knows exactly what he wants to do. So if you give him a suggestion here and there you know, he's excited by that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always great. And, uh, you know, I, I think most actors are, most actors are excited by, um, a- any sort of input. Probably people assume that egos get in the way, but like you said, you're, you're working together on a project and you're probably trying to put your best foot forward. Yeah. I, I've never worked with an actor where an ego's gotten in the way and it, it's interesting and, and maybe it's just my personality, but when I'm on set, uh, you know, I, I've always, uh, you know, worked with actors and, and be, you know, we, we, we speak artistically and maybe it's because, you know, I've done a lot of work in the past, but, uh, you know, a- actors are always very comfortable. I, I work with a girl who should have won an Emmy for The Wire. She was on the, the full seven seasons and, you know, she works all the time and, you know, she's so great, you know, at just accepting ideas and listen, you know, not all of them she'll use, but usually, uh, you know, we move in a direction uh, that's exciting for both of us. You know, I, one thing that I like asking actors that I've spoken to and the few actor interviews that I've had, if there was any movie in history and any role that you would have just been handed, you know, just with you know, no questions asked, no audition, just say, this is your role, what role would it be that you would want? It's a great question. Um, there's there's a movie and um, I'm sure you know of it. It's it's written by Patty Chayefsky. It's called Marty, and uh, Ernest Borgnine won an Academy Award for it. And Lee J. Cobb, uh, they did it as a television play before that. And Lee J. Cobb won, won an Emmy for it. And uh, it's the one uh, role that I'd love to do and ultimately might uh, do. It, it's it's a fantastic role, and um, it, it's wonderful play but I'd really love to you know redo the movie and uh, bring it into uh, you know something a little bit more modern and are there any genres that you're very partial to or you just basically it's it's a job and let's let's do that magic yeah I'm like a hooker you know you give me money I'll do it (laughs) and so basically um, I uh, you know I've done uh, comedy and I've done drama you know, I, I love doing drama because uh, I, I'm dark and, and, and pained. But uh, I think that, um, you know, I, I can pretty much do anything. I, I've done commercials. Um, I had a voiceover that ran over 9,000 times for GNC uh, called Beat Average. Um, so I, I've done that, and I, I've also done a ton of commercials. I, I went down to Australia uh, to do a Washington Mutual commercial. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, you know, basically, uh, I'm your, your middle-class actor, an actor for hire. And, uh, you know, and I, I've worked in maybe, uh, you know, 30 films and, and pretty much all the episodics. So, uh, you know, any, anything they hire me for, I'll do. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that Washington Mutual Bank commercial because I know you have the clip on your website, barrypapic.com, and yep. it is probably one of the funniest bank commercials I have ever seen. Well, thank you. 
we had a lot of fun making that commercial. And the scary thing about that commercial is, you know, at the end of the commercial, I'm uh, up on the wrecking ball seven stories high. And we really shot that up on a wrecking ball seven stories high. And that was no fun, believe me. Uh, but it was um, it was fun to shoot, and it is a great commercial. And uh, it's a shame that there is no more Wamu. I, I'll tell you a little story. I, I was walking through the um, subway station in Jersey City, New Jersey, with my niece. We were going to dinner, and all of a sudden we looked up, and they had that commercial um, on the TVs at, at the uh, at the train station. Um, so. Um, it was constantly running, and there I was. Uh, but they, they showed that commercial a lot. It, it was it was a great commercial to do, and um, the best part about it, of course, is that I got to shoot it in in uh, Sydney, Australia. I speak to a lot of Australian guests on too many podcasts, and the Australians are just wonderful people. I always have a lot of fun with them whenever they're on the on the mic. Oh, yes. You know, Sydney is a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And, uh, you know, shooting down there was just incredibly a lot of fun. Fortunately, I had a driver because I could not drive on the wrong side of the street like that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it was it was a blast. And, and uh, we shot for 10 days. And my commercial um, only shot for three days. They were, they, were, they were shooting three spots. So the first seven days, I was pretty much off just running around town and really getting to know Sydney. Do you, do you have a favorite place on this earth? I'm sure you've probably been to a lot of different sets all over the place. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, oh, I, there are a lot of places that I love. I, I love going to Italy, to Florence. Um, you know, I, I've been really lucky uh, that I shot there. I love going to Paris. Um, you know, I, I think Paris is a, an amazing place. Um, you know, and, you know, New York City will always be my home. And, uh, you know, Los Angeles, I, I've been here now for 20 years, and, uh, you know, it's, it's comfortable and easy. You actually have some work coming up. Did you want to talk about your upcoming work, too? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'd love to. Well, first of all, you know, um, as you know, I'm doing an autograph show, which I'm really looking forward to this Saturday, February 8th, at the San Bernardino Fairgrounds uh, in Victorville. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun because... I always love getting out and, and meeting people. And, uh, you know, everybody can come and meet me and shake my hand and, and take pictures with me and, um, you know, and, and talk to me about the movies that I've done, which I really enjoy. And uh, I also, I, I've been working with a, a director a lot, uh, Thomas Churchill. Uh, we just did a, a movie called Nation's Fire, which uh, just premiered last week, uh, which uh, I really love. And um, we, we also did a movie called The Big Rat, which uh, I'm I, I think is just an incredibly funny creature feature. It, it's one of those, you know, comedy horror genre films. And um, I, I love doing it, and I loved working with Thomas. So, uh, yeah, everybody, uh, look out for The Big Rat. I, I think it's going to be one of those sneaky, funny, uh, you know, summer hits. These are all going to be major releases or independent releases? Yeah, all independent releases. And... You know, uh, uh, The Nation's Fire is out now on uh, Video On Demand. Uh, you could buy it at Walmart. Um, you know, you can get it at iTunes. And it, it's a great little film. It's a biker film sort of in the uh, easy rider genre. And uh, The Big Rat, which I, I just love, uh, is coming out soon. And uh, that'll be in theaters and also on VOD. 
you must be like at a funny phase in your career where like when you were younger, you know, here you were working with actors that you admire and then with all that you've put into your career, you're getting to the point where people are probably recognizing you as well. And and you're almost you in know, their position. It's a great observation. And I'll tell you a great story that really sums that up. I, uh, I was doing a play years ago, um, Chekhov. Uh, I, I was doing um, The Seagull. And there was this uh, great actor. His name was uh, Frank Thompson. Incredible actor. And when I met him, I just couldn't believe that he wasn't working all the time. So I introduced him to all my friends uh, who were casting directors. I introduced him to my agents. And I said, you know, Frank Thompson has, has got to work all the time because he's just a terrific actor. Um, and then about, you know, push ahead uh, about 30 years, and I'm doing a, a short film. And uh, it's, uh, it's called Queen. And it's with Adam Rose, who, who I love. He was in... Um, uh, the movie with George Clooney, Up in the Clouds. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm playing um, a, a stage manager. And, you know, I'm talking to all the actors. Uh, you know, uh, Ryan Eggert uh, was one of the actors. You know, really great, talented group. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, I am Frank Thompson here. Uh, I'm the old guy. Uh, I'm the guy who has all the experience. And all of these guys, you know, we're talking, and, and I realized, I, you know, the, the hands have changed. I, I, I'm the one now who's passing along the information. The student becomes the master. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it, it was just fantastic because when I was young, I, I was, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and, you know, working with these actors who I thought, oh, my God, I, you know, I've got to share how wonderful these people are. And, and now uh, that I'm older, it, I, I turn around and I go, oh, my God, that's me. What a great legacy to have to leave behind, too, once you feel that, like, okay, no more of this. So at least, you know, you have lots of things that people are going to know you by. Yeah, yeah, and ho hopefully that's a, a long way from now. But, um, but yes, you know, I, I'm pretty lucky that I have, you know, um, a nice library of work that I've done and, and work that I'll do. Well, you're saying library. I, I would encourage people to check out your website, too. There's a lot of really interesting things and great reels that they can check out to see some of your work. And I'm sure a lot yeah, of people you know, are going to yeah. go, I know that guy. Exactly. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm always that guy that, you know, uh, people walk up to and go, uh, do you know my brother-in-law? Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm much more of a face than a name. Uh, so, uh, usually I'll say to somebody, oh, you know, what was the movie that you were watching last night? Or, you know, because I was probably in it. And, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I definitely have that library. And, you know, we're, we're still building on it. So uh, hopefully we're still moving in the right direction. If there are aspiring actors that maybe want to use your services, can they contact you through their website? Absolutely. And, you know, it's even uh, easier to contact me through my uh, my. Uh, uh, email address, which is bpapic, B-P-A-P-I-C-K, at AOL.com. And, uh, you know, I, I teach uh, in Los Angeles, and I also teach uh, over Skype and FaceTime. So, uh, you know, I have uh, students in Denmark. I have students in uh, Baltimore and in North Carolina. Uh, you know, so I work with people all around the world. And, um, you know, it, so we, we do a lot of work on uh, – you know, on FaceTime, and uh, I, I have some uh, some clients in Chicago and some clients in Dallas. So, it, you know, it's great because, uh, you know, fortunately uh, with FaceTime and, and, and Skype, 
uh, you know, people can really connect with me all over. Before we go, is there anything else that you would like to plug? Uh, no, you know, just I, I hope everybody comes out to the autograph show because I love meeting people. Um, the autograph show, like I said, is at the San Bernardino Fairgrounds in Victorville um, this Saturday, February 8th. And, uh, you know, um, go see my movies. You know, go to my website, barrypapik.com. You know, take a look. You'll see, uh, you know, I've been in a bunch of things. I've also co coached, you know, an enormous amount of people. I've been really blessed. And, uh, you know, yeah, drop a line on the website and say hello. And, you know, I, I always love meeting people. Okay, so, Barry, if you're hanging out later on at the Sherpa screening room, what movie is it that you'd like to sit back and see? It's a, it's a, it's a great question. One of my favorite movies of all time is The Verdict. And, you know, uh, I, I recently taught out in Hawaii, and uh, they asked me, they, they said, we want to show one movie and have you talk about the movie afterwards. And I said, that's easy. Um, you know, let's screen the verdict, and uh, we'll sit and talk about it after, you know, with Paul Newman. And, uh, you know, to me, the greatest movies ever made were, you know, The Godfather, um, you know, uh, Schindler's List, uh, Pulp Fiction, all, all fantastic movies. Uh, but there's so much that an actor can learn from watching the verdict. Barry Patrick is his name, and you know the face, and... You, you probably know a lot of the roles that he's played. We'd like to say thank you so much for coming down to the Sherpa screening room. Uh, can I tell you something? This was so much fun. And uh, really, Jim, thanks for having me. Um, and anytime, I, you know, I love talking acting, and it was a, just a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for tuning in to the Sherpa Screening Room and an extra special thanks to my first guest, Mr. Barry Papik. Make sure you check him out at barrypapik.com and don't forget to also listen to his podcast, The Inside Noise. You know, you can follow this show on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sherpalution, S-H-E-R-P-A-L-U-T-I-O-N or check out our website, sherpalution.com. Next week, we'll be talking to YouTuber and author, Heather Lehrman, right here on Too Many Podcasts. Now it's time for my favorite actor, Mr. Bruce. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la Chapalition. Viva la Chapalition. <coughs> Yeah, I'll come back now, you hear? <laughs>